Welcome to the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Martha. And our mission is to connect the past and the present Nikki Mom by celebrating our stories and what our babies have overcome. Whether your NICU journey was 50 years ago or whether you find yourself in the NICU today, we hope that this podcast reminds you that you are not alone. Hi, mamas. Welcome back to the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. It's your host, Martha and Ashley. This is fun. <laughs> you, re- you remembered the end today. I'm so proud of you. I did remember it. And as I was saying it, I was like, don't forget. And Martha. <laughs> Um, it's a crazy day. How, how was your day been? You know, I can't complain. I'm a little, you know, living in the Midwest, we should be prepared by now for inclement or what's the word? Inclement. Inclement. No, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, bad weather. Right. But it's always a shock when it happens. And so it's just been a little cold and gloomy again. So, you know, but beyond that, can't complain. Yeah, it's it's rough and it's it's funny you don't even quite notice it like takes you down a notch until <laughs> there's sunlight and you're like is this yeah. what it feels like? <laughs> I'm alive. That's <laughs> uh, uh, true. Also you're looking so cute in your Duna Kimama sweatshirt. I'm wearing I'm wearing the brick color. If you haven't seen the Be Proud of Who You've Become collection, go check it out. It's by far <laughs> been our most popular collection. Yeah, it's by far. It's I would well, let's you know. I would actually say it's second place to you are braver than you feel. Mm, but yeah. it feels like this collection, and I'm saying this as a mama too. That it's like my anthem for the year. I'm like, yes, this is yes. it. Yeah, and, and I feel kind of ba wearing it. Yes, I feel like we've had more people to write in or call or you know, I had people who um like aren't aren't necessarily part of the, even the online Facebook group, like just kind of friends of friends that have written and they're like, I love this collection. I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. hitting. So it's so beautiful. I love it. Well, uh, this week on the Dear Dickie Mama podcast, um, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, you know, normally we have a mama on or we have an expert on to ask questions about today. It's just these two yahoos. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> two ladies and two mics. Here we go. I kept thinking we were waiting for something, and what we were waiting for was me to finish texting something. <laughs> but today, we thought it'd be really interesting and, and kind of fun to dive into our C-section experiences and just talk about, about C-sections in general, because it's it's C-section Awareness Month. It's not appreciation, is it? That would be weird. No, I think it's just awareness. Just it awareness. should be appreciation, though, for all the moms that have yeah. endured a C-section. Amen. Oh. I appreciate you, and it's. I think it's very well timed in for me and my experience with my journey. So I'm really excited to talk about it today. Yeah, me too. I love these roundtable episodes. They kind of add. I feel like some vulnerability from like the hosts or the mamas that we're interviewing right. to and getting to kind of connect with different aspects of our stories. And so I think this will be fun. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to dive in. And if you ever were wondering, like, what does Martha C-section scar look like? <laughs> I'll, I'll describe it to you in detail. <laughs> Maybe let's start with, you know, just kind of each of our own personal experiences of what we knew of C-sections prior to having them. And did it ever occur to you that you would ever have one? So tell me, Martha, what did you know about them prior? 
Okay, so what did I know about C-sections? Well, you know, this is interesting. I don't think you and I have even ever talked about this before. But before Mm. I had JP, I was actually quite scared of delivery. Like, I was really Mm. afraid of the idea of it. Um, Like, I I was afraid about how it would hurt. You know, you just hear about kind of complications. It's just a huge unknown. And it's one of those big Mm. formative things for a mom. So I was very worried about it. I thought a lot about it. Um, my mom had five kids and it was all vaginal deliveries. So really think about that five (laughs) vaginal deliveries. And my sister had kids and only had, only had vaginal deliveries. And so I kind of just assumed that would be how it would go. And so I was nervous about the tearing and stuff, but obviously, you know, things happened and preterm labor happened and I had GP and I didn't anticipate anything other than having a, a vaginal delivery. And I didn't really know anybody who had a C-section. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> I was definitely the same. Um, I had no grid for C-sections. I wasn't anticipating it by any means. My mom also had two vaginal births. All of my close friends had vaginal births. And then I was always dreaming of that skin to skin moment after a vaginal right, birth. And right. I had photographed births. And so I photographed a home birth and a hospital birth, which are obviously both vaginal. And so I was, I didn't really get to that point in my pregnancy to start thinking about birth, but it was something that I was always excited about. Um, and just thinking of like, you know, you hear those birth stories of like, it was really hard, but it was so empowering and your body did this amazing thing. And so I was kind of looking forward to it in a lot of ways, but we didn't really get to that point in pregnancy where we really yeah. even, like we didn't have the appointment with the hospital where you like started your birth plan or, you know, any of that stuff. Right. Yeah. But I also didn't have any close people in my life that had had C-section. So it was very, I had no grid for it. I had no, yeah. no idea of what recovery would be like or what the process of undergoing surgery would be like. So yeah. I'm the same way. I had no, I had no grid for it. I think that's a really good point because I, it wasn't until like last week that I really strongly considered the fact that C-sections are major surgery. Right. Right. And yeah. they're just not treated that way by medicine or by society or, or, or anybody or by your employers. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I, I didn't think of it as like a major surgery. Mm-hmm. And, and if you think about it, that's crazy. They're cutting yeah. through every layer of your stomach. Like, mm-hmm. so I think in that way too, I kind of figured, well, regardless, whatever, you know, my sister, I saw her, you know, recovery took a couple of weeks for her to be able to kind of be back to normal mobility, for example. So that's kind of what I thought it would be too. Cause like, you know, I wasn't worried about how would I heal afterwards. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So maybe let's start there and, would you be willing to share about your, you know, we both have shared our po- our stories on the podcast, so I can link those in the show notes for our whole journeys. But, you know, what was your, what were the differences between your two C-sections, Martha? And, you know, what were the actual deliveries like for you? Well, so, you know, for my two kids, I, for, for JP, uh, they really thought I was going to be able to try and do um, vaginal delivery. Uh, but I think one of the hard things that they don't talk about when you're really that early 
is, and I don't know this is like, um, the reason why they do C-sections is kind of, it's kind of dangerous. Like they get, you know, they're little, they're fragile. So it's easier to lift them out than to try and, you know, go through mom's birth canal. Right. So I didn't know any of that. Um, so, you know, I think the thing is that they all move really quickly. So that was the same between both. And for JJ, I was asleep. So I think, I don't know. I've thought about it a lot of ways. Like, is it better to be awake or asleep for, for these things that are kind of intense and are happening quickly? But I don't know. There were pros and cons for both. Like, um, I think that there, there probably are moms who have C-sections, right. And, and enjoy the experience of being awake. But when you're scared and you're, it's so uncertain and it's not the right time, mm-hmm. that it's kind of just out of this world. Uh, I think the common thing for both of them was like this feeling of being very out of your body. And because you are, you have a spinal tap or whatever, you don't, you feel nothing, right? Mm-hmm. You just stop feeling contractions altogether. And you feel like a very passive person in the delivery of your baby, which is kind of, kind of hard to wrestle with too. Like you think, feel like things are being done to you. That's how it felt. I thought for both of them, you know, obviously so grateful for the life-saving element of it. Like I would always choose that, but, but, you know, I think that that was what was kind of the commonality I'm trying to think of. I think I've told you this too before. People have really different approaches to it as well. Mm. Like how quickly they move and their different surgery preferences and who's in the space. And, um, yeah. And for JP's, um, C-section, you were also very sick at the time, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I had, I was septic and I had a bad E. coli infection. Uh, that's what Chipotle um, and I have in common. Um, but the, you know, I, so I, you were, I was in and out of it. I kept passing out on the table. And I feel like I've heard so many moms on the podcast tell that story, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the surgery. Whereas when moms describe pushing and everything, if like you have to use every ounce of your body for vaginal mm-hmm. delivery, I feel like. And, and that's kind of, part of the distant part of it too. Like sometimes you're really sick. And mm-hmm. um, so I don't remember a lots of things. All I remember is um, rehab by Amy Winehouse playing. So oh, yeah, because <laughs> that was the song playing over. Right, that. right. So I, I don't know, it gets really spotty. Um, and mm. I think too, I remember with JP, my partner was in the room, Zach was in the room. And um, with JJ, he wasn't. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah. So when you were pregnant with JJ, were you anticipating to need to have another C-section or was that also a surprise part of your motherhood journey? No, I knew I was going to have to have a C-section because I had a classical C-section with JP. And <sighs> that's um, for though it's a weird thing to call it, by the way, because I was like <laughs> thinking of like, hallelujah, like, you know what I mean? Like classical music, but it's classical C-section. And essentially what it is, it's a lateral and a horizontal incision on your uterine muscle. And that's um, the reason they don't do it anymore is because, or they try to avoid it is because it's uh, puts you at high risk for a uterine abruption in future pregnancies. Right. Um, and for other reasons too, it's, it was definitely um, a more difficult recovery, which we can get into a little bit, but it's, so when, when they do that because of the risk of uterine abruption, um, they don't, they encourage you not to go into um, natural delivery because uh, contractions can uh, stretch that scar tissue where the incisions were too much. 
um, and lead to uterine abortion. So that's why they often encourage you to do a C-section following. Um, so I just knew that that was going to be what would happen. And at least, I mean, I think there was some comfort in that and that I knew it and I understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, and any form of preparation I think could be helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's where I was at with it, but yeah, it's, I also, it was hard to hear like, oh, you would never have that possibility. Like I would right. never have yeah. that. And even just things like being in, seeing the birthing suites and stuff where you're able to like mm-hmm. have the baby, take a bath, right, go to right to your chest <laughs> and stuff like that. It will just never happen because, um, I was, what I would have is a stranger coming to, um, shave my pubic hair and <laughs> prep me for surgery instead. It's not very romantic. You know what I mean? Oh man. We had a, a good laugh a couple weeks ago talking about our C-sections and how we both have had complete strangers shave our pubes and we don't know who they are. We don't know who so, they are. I couldn't even tell. I couldn't picture nope. what they look like. If you ask me. Com- complete strangers have seen our pubes and that's a very humbling yeah. thing to think about. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. One for me is in California, right? And I'll never see that person again. Well, you know, maybe that's maybe it's worse though if you if they do live in a state. I don't think I would want the person who shaved my pubes before an emergent delivery see me um, again. I know because you don't want wouldn't want to be like in the aisles of Target and be like, "Hey, you!" (laughs) And it's just another day. It's another day for them, right? Right. Right. What a job! Um, What a job! I. I guess that's, that's just the hard part of it too. It's like the, again, like just the lack of autonomy that you have and like the, just the fact that like other people are just doing things to you and it has to happen quick, right? Cause they got to get you mm-hmm. in and out and I don't know. Yeah. With JJ, you were under. So why did you need to go under for JJ versus yeah. when you were awake for JP? I mean, what was the decision in that? Yes. Yeah, Cause I had had Swedish meatballs for lunch. It's because I had eaten too soon, too close to delivery. Are you being for real right now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was like uh, up in that room. I was like drinking. I was like having insure and like having lots of vegetables and fruits and like l- lean proteins and stuff because I was trying to stay healthy. And then the one day I'm like, girl, I'm going to have some sweet meatballs and some <laughs> chocolate cake and a Diet Coke. I know. I was like, I shouldn't be having a Diet Coke, but whatever. I'm on bed rest. And then I'm like, then I started having contractions. I don't think I was having contractions because of the Swedish meatballs, um, but they were happening. And then like within two hours, I had the kid. So, um, oh my gosh. So they I were like, no, we can't story. give you this because you could like aspirate and yada, yada, yada and all that. I don't know. There's some reasons. There's some reasons that are medical reasons, but it was Swedish meatballs is why. That is hilarious. I'm going to title this episode Swedish yeah. Meatballs. Yeah. I will never forget the anesthesiologist being like, so what did you have for lunch? And I said this and the, and I was like, and this, and then I also had this and I had some, I had some chocolate cake too. And she was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. You're going to need to go under. Yeah. Um, she was just like very... I mean, that part of it, I, I used to be very afraid of going under. Like if you've never gone under before too, I think that's a big thing because the idea of like, I'm just going to get knocked out right now. But at that point I had had a lot of reconstructive surgeries on my uterus um, to get pregnant with JJ again. So at that point I was really looking forward to the sleep. I don't know. I know that's not the right way to think about it, but I was, I was comfortable with that part of it too. And, you know, 
hindsight's twenty twenty. So I got to have this, the benefit of experience of doing it before and understanding, okay, what will post-op be like and, and all of this too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how long will it be till I'm in there? And because all of it's like a mystery otherwise. Because like you say, if you don't get to do the thing where you tour and they talk through your birth plan and you do a labor and delivery class and all that stuff. So it's a real mystery, a big question mark. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I really like to hear about um, Mr. Silas, though, because the story of Mr. Silas's delivery was very dramatic in that you ended up in like a, like the wrong place. <laughs> I was in the wrong hospital. Yep. Yeah. So I was flown to the wrong hospital and I realized that and immediately was like, okay, I'm in the wrong place. And so they started to talk about potentially transferring me to the correct hospital, but it's a really, it's a huge miracle that I didn't transfer because I probably would have delivered him on the ambulance. So Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful that I stayed, but, um, yeah, we were also planning for vaginal. I had been having lower back pain and I didn't know those were contractions, but they were. And so then they brought in the ultrasound machine, you know, tech to, you know, see how he was positioned and he was in the position where we could do vaginal. So they were like, if we can do that, we want to do that. So then I was kind of like mentally preparing to like potentially have a birth, you know, and a vaginal birth. And then I went to the restroom, stood up and there was blood, which that wasn't concerning to her. But then when I said that I almost fainted, I I feel like I could faint. That's when she pressed, she pressed the emergency C-section button and it was just nuts from there. And so within a couple seconds, there was a full team of people putting me on a delivery bed cart thing. I don't know. It was steel. It was metal. And I remember looking back at Ryan and his hands were on his head and he was like, what's happening? And I just remember the OB wheeling me away saying, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you. And all I was saying was, but do you know about his heart? Yeah. Yeah. I remember going into a, a operating room and then they put me under and then I was out and then I woke up and I remember seeing Ryan. He was there when I woke up, which was special. So I remember seeing him and then, yeah. So I, that was kind of my experience with the C-section. It was very emergent. I was completely out. I don't remember much beyond being told that they were going to take care of me. I remember the sterile room and the lights and then, I was out and Silas was born just a couple minutes later. I think that surprised me was how fast they can be delivered. Um, When the nurse came in to be with Ryan, she said, he'll be here in five minutes. You'll have a son in five minutes. And he was like, what? They're like, yep, they go really fast. (laughs) And so, but it was true. I mean, he was born really quickly and they got him out when they needed to. But, but yeah, that was our quick and fast birth. Is that interesting how... I mean, that's like a similar, I feel like it's, but it's like flashes of the memory, right? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, like a movie, right? But you remember these like five distinctive things and then it's, it's like your body protects you from remembering these other parts of it too, right. which right. is wild. But right. what do, do you remember um, them talking you through what they were doing at all? No. And I was also really sick too. So right. I was on really heavy amounts of magnesium. Um, and so I was also just kind of like, I was there, but not there. So yeah. there were parts of me that were like understanding what they were saying, but mm-hmm. I don't really remember them 
you know, walking me through like, this is what we're going to do. This is what you can expect. It was just, it was so fast. And I mean, when you think about that in retrospect, and maybe it's a yes and a no question, but do you feel like that was a, a blessing or, or a curse? I mean, like, how do you feel that it played into your journey? Like that you were kind of cognizant or not cognizant of what was happening? Yeah. Um, I think it would be very different if Ryan wasn't there for parts of it because I rely on him to fill me in of those things. (laughs) So, you know, when he got there, he got there within a half an hour of delivery. So he got there at like the perfect time, Mm -hmm. but there were things that they were saying to me or kind of letting me in on that. I don't remember because I was so drugged, (laughs) Um, but I rely on him. Right. (laughs) Right. But I, I, I still to this day, I'm like, Hey, what did they say to me at that time? Or like, yeah, what did I look like? Or uh-huh. what, you know, what was this like? And so, you know, if he hadn't been there and I didn't have somebody to kind of help me remember my story, I think I would carry a lot more grief about it, but I'm grateful that at least I have some of that yeah. part of it. You know, how about you? I, you know, for for JP, I have a lot of um, I have a lot of guilt around that one because we just had so little time with him, and yeah. unfortunately, I was so sick and so scared, I didn't look at him, you know. And I I yeah. wish I had done that, um, but I was like, couldn't even process the fact that I was like in a surgical room and like processing mm-hmm. that part of it. And also, I think having my partner in a room and and this is just me everyone's so different but I don't think I would have anticipated this but I think it was harder because like I was trying to like help and support him also in the moment too he was very freaked out um as opposed to just kind of having it be separated and with and with JJ I I was out and I think there's some grief there like I didn't get to hear her cry or anything like that um but it was also safer and for my where I was at emotionally and mentally I think it was the right thing like Mm -hmm. that one doesn't keep me up at night it's not one of the sticky thoughts I have but the JP is a little little bit harder um I think right and because it's your first you know it's your first um yeah like like you had mentioned at the beginning I think I spent a I spent like hours each day like fantasizing about it, mm-hmm. right? Like just to re- like what will mm-hmm. it be like, and it's gonna be so incredible and cool, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cry and all this stuff, and yeah, yeah. So so that part of it is just different, and you can have those things when you have a C-section too, right? You can cry and hear the you know hear the baby um, cry and see them and hold them on your chest, and but when it's a little bit different, when it's an emergency situation, it's just a little right. bit strenuous. The other thing that I remembered when you were talking is that JJ's was super duper fast. It was like five minutes. Mm-hmm. GP is, they got him out pretty quick, no crying or anything. But since I was so sick, there was actually quite a bit of infection inside me and it took mm-hmm. them probably 30 minutes longer to close me up. Mm-hmm. And so, and I just thought that was normal. So, oh my gosh, like that part of it, just like, I just remember being like, is it done yet? Are we done yet? Are we almost done? Or is it over yet? Cause you were, you're nauseous, right? Like this stuff makes you nauseous. Mm-hmm. Were you nauseous on the table? I, it, I was out so fast. Oh, so, no, I don't know. Oh. I wasn't, yeah. I, I was like, and I hadn't eaten anything. So I was like dry mm-hmm. heaving. And every oh. now and then, 
I don't know if anyone else had this experience, but they put um, to help keep you from feeling nauseous, they'll put like rubbing alcohol in front of your nose too. So I remember that part of it. And then like, also, you know how all like hospital plastic wear is the same? Like it's like the same mauve peach color. Like there was just yep. like a plastic mauve dish for if I needed a barf. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right by my face. So uh, I think that's yeah. kind of interesting too, like to have those two different things. But right. what was, so what was your first experience of being in, po- what do you remember being in post-op? Like in those little rooms with the mm. curtains? Yeah. Well, I was wheel. Yeah. I remember waking up and seeing Ryan and then actually a couple of my family members, like my parents were there. Mm. And then, um, in the in like the post-op area. Yeah. Oh, yep. wow. Which is, kind of, which is kind of wild. I remember waking up and being like, hello. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but yeah. And so then I got wheeled to the, um, where the, what's the word? Antipartum, is that right? Yeah, yep. And like after, the, yeah. yeah. And I just remember at this point, like I didn't really have, I was still kind of numbed and out and I wasn't super aware of my body. So I wasn't feeling a lot of things. Um, but I remember like they put those, I don't know if you had them, they had like these stirrups for your legs that would shake them so you wouldn't get blood clots. <gasps> oh, yeah, Do you yeah, remember yeah, yeah. those? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is it weird that I missed those? I know. I like didn't mind having them on my I feet. Know. I was like, they kind of feel like little mini leg massages. Yes. So this, I'm, I'm okay with this at the moment. Will I be looking to see if they're on Amazon Prime? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember just kind of being super out of it from surgery. My my throat hurt from having the you know tube right. down your throat. That's right. Yes. Just kind of waking up, like, where am I? Longing to see Silas, wanting to see him yeah. so desperately, and I was still on. Um, the magnesium and they did allow me to go to the NICU to visit him. I just mm-hmm. had to be on my stretcher. So I remember like seeing oh, him and I was laying yeah. on the stretcher, but yeah. it wasn't until they had to check my weight that I had to stand up and I oh. realized I thought I would never walk again. I was oh. like, this is not happening. Like oh, there's no, it's just the most, you know, it's the most painful thing. You're like, my body is not my body anymore. <laughs> like this no. is not. And so I remember they were like, okay, Ash, you need to, you need to stand up. And then they want you to walk because mm-hmm. that's how you heal faster. You know, it's like good for you to walk. Yeah. But I remember the first time I had to stand up, I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but oh. how about you? My gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, so with with GP, I was in the post-op area for hours because I was so sick. And so that part was really hard. And and, um, I I was dealing with the infection at that time. So I wasn't really even paying attention to what the pain was Um, at that point. I was just like in and out of it and like trying to get my heart rate down, trying to get my fever down, that type of thing. And it eventually did. Um, and with JJ, I like woke up and I was like, I was like, you know, you wake up and you're like, I was like, what, what is it? What is, you know, and the, you know, she okay. And some Zach said, she was born screaming. She's incredible. And I was like, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Like full on. I was like, so jazzed. And then I was like, chatty Kathy, you get some of those meds in me. And I was like, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I really didn't start to feel the pain until they did the pressing on the tummy. Yeah. That one doesn't feel so good. No, that one didn't no. feel so good. I also had a button the second time around, which I didn't. Um, you know, the bu- the pain button that gives you whatever it gives you. Um, <laughs> and I really like that. I'm not going to lie. I didn't <laughs> mind that. Um, 
but yeah, that starting to realize the pain of the surgical star was something. And then for, you know, for JP, it was the gas pain that really threw me off. Oh, that gas pain was unbelievable. And like you had never, have you ever heard of that before? Like, yeah, I had it. Oh, before the C-section? Yeah, before no. you had it. Yeah. No, I'd never heard of it. And I thought she was, I thought she was like, I thought she needed to go back to medical school when mm-hmm. she told me it was gas pains. I was like, no, they're in my shoulder. She's like, yeah, yeah that's gas. Like, mm-hmm. no, my, my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'd never heard of that before. Never in my life. I did the same thing. Like there was a nurse. Um, She, she was with me when I was in antepartum with JP. So I'd been there a couple weeks and she said, oh yeah. She was like, just, you know, no, when you deliver, just like, make sure you get up and walk. Cause like I didn't with my son and I ended up having really bad shoulder pains. And I was like, what is she talking about? I was like, she, okay, whatever, whatever. I think her name was star too. S T A R R. And I was like, okay, star. Um, but she, she really knew what she was talking about because it hurts so bad. And it's true. Yeah. I think that's one of the most evil things about it. Like you said, you have to get out and start walking or it'll be worse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's yeah. the part of it that like, you are in pain, but also you're like trying to process all the stuff happening with your kid. So how was the pain part for you? Like, I know the gas pains were rough. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely in a lot of pain. I was also, you know, still my blood pressure still wasn't coming down as fast. And so it was hard to determine like, you know, what was what with my body, but I, I was definitely in pain. Um, we, we would do these like little challenges of like, okay, if you can take five steps to the NICU, like you can get there. And our NICU, like the hallway would slant downwards. So like the bottom part was kind of hard because I had to use extra muscles to get down. Yeah. Um, but I would like hold on to my wheelchair and I'd like waddle down the room. And I was always so proud if I got like five steps, but yeah, yeah. I do remember the pain being pretty significant and you're just yeah. like, what is what? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, you posted a, it was your mom's birthday recently. So yes. this is yeah. not related, but I, you had shared a post from last year and you talked about the first time you showered. Um, mm-hmm. Can you share what that was like a little bit? Oh my gosh. That was, you know, to be honest, that was the hardest, the, that was the first time I finally grasped what had happened. And, um, I remember they gave, they gave me permission. They were like, you can take a shower for the first time. Just try to kind of avoid around the incision. And so my mom was still there. So she was able to help me and Ryan. And I remember that, you know, you have to undress to shower. Right. And so I'd just been living in those hospital gowns and I saw myself in the mirror for the first time and I just started to weep. Yeah. And I saw my scar and I remember looking at myself and I remember audibly saying to my body, you had one job. Mm. You had one job. And I remember I had never really struggled with I mean, I'd had low self-esteem in the past, right? Like any woman or I'd struggled with body image in different times, but never hate towards my body. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I caught myself in the mirror for the first time, I hated her because I felt like she couldn't protect the one thing that she was supposed to protect, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you're so close after surgery, you still look pregnant. So you still have 
the belly, Mm -hmm. but you know, your baby's not in there. (laughs) And so that comes with its own grief. And so, yeah, so I remember, um, I also still had an IV line because of my blood pressure stuff and whatever. And so I had to wear one of those like shower gloves. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Those like plastic shower gloves so that my IV area wouldn't get wet. But I remember my mom and Ryan just washed my body and washed my hair for me. And I felt like I was a kid, Mm -hmm. you know, like having my mom give me a shower. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it it felt like that was the first time I really, you know, I guess emotionally and mentally understood that like I was A, no longer pregnant. Yeah. And that B, like my body will never be the same, you know. Um, So that shower was like a really – a really defining moment in like my post-op and like yeah. healing process afterwards. Yeah. Mm. But, but yeah. It's just such a vivid thing. And my heart breaks. Cause like, I know you and I love you. And then also breaking about, I know that that is such a similar, like every, every mama, NICU mama, C-section mama has the same thing where you mm-hmm. look in the mirror and you're like, there was a before and there's an after and now you're in the after. Right. Right. And that, yeah. that's pretty, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty what was it like for you when you saw your scar for the first time? Um, really similar, right? Like I looked in the mirror and I was like, well, that's ugly. Um, <laughs> and I didn't want to look at it too much because it was weird. And also, mm-hmm. you know, for JPs, I had like external stitches, like the little black stitches. And oh. for JPs, I had like the, um, it's almost like tape you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. I was, it was like little tiny black spiders all along your incision of your like pelvic bone. And I was like, what the, you know what I mean? It yeah. literally looked yeah. like a nightmare. And then it was just like incredibly um, painful, you know, since yeah. I had that um, incision and every, like the, the uh, infection, my scar ended up getting infected and was, I had to go back to the doctor like three times doing it. And, um, so that part was hard as well. Um, I think this, the sucky thing about having like take care of like that part of my body, you know, oh, I have to do washing this specific way. I have to do this. I had to like express the wound and like pack it mm-hmm. and like, do all this, like put antibiotic ointment on it and flush it out. And the hardest thing about that was it was like, what am I, what is this even for? Like mm-hmm. JP wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I did all this and I don't have anything. Like what mm-hmm. it, it was really frustrating. And I also felt like it was delaying my ability to be able to grieve because mm-hmm. I had to wake up every six hours to take a medicine every six hours to heal. And I did that for weeks. And I just remember being like, I couldn't mm-hmm. eat because the gas pain was so hard because I couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, mm-hmm. I just remember like at 3 a.m. walking around the, we had like a little kitchen island and I would just walk in circles around it, trying to make the pain mm-hmm. go away and just like sobbing, but also then stopping because nobody tells you this either, but like sobbing and laughing hurts. Oh, right? yes. So bad. Yeah. So, and then I would just like, it just, it was, cause all I wanted to do was just like be, be sad and broken, but. Right. Right. Ugh, that's hard. And mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I again, I was really shocked at how different JJ's C-section recovery was. And it was just, it's a testament to like how different every surgeon is and every body is and mm-hmm. like everything. I was very sick before because I bounced back from that one so much faster because I wasn't sick. Mm-hmm. Like my body wasn't finding off infection. Um, so I was mm-hmm. ready for it to be bad, but it was, it was better. It was easier to do. And as mm-hmm. my second season, my second surgeon said, she's like, oh, I had like a dotted outline. She's like, you know, you're like drawing <laughs> the lines, you know what I mean? I just outline it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, I mean, and where do you even start to unpack that? Right. Because right. it's like one element mm-hmm. of the entire experience of birth that you didn't have, you know? I mean, where did you even right. start unpacking that? You know, I, to be totally transparent, I'm two years out when I still unpack it. Yeah. You know, I, I think initially it was, you know, when you're in the NICU, you, you almost just don't have time to really unpack it. Your focus is just like your baby, your baby's well-being as it should be, right? So I don't think I really started to unpack it until probably my first, you know, after at your six week appointment, when you do your follow up yeah, and you kind of like, kind of go through a little bit of like, this is how it looks. Everything looks okay. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think I still process it. I think it's just so unique when you have an emergency section story too, because like if moms are going around the circle and sharing their birth story, you're like, do you really want to hear this crazy one or, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know, so I think I'm just continue, continually reminded of how different our, yeah. you know, our birth story is. Like it's still, thankfully, we still have Silas and like his life was saved because of the C-section. Right. So I have so much gratitude for it. Um, and I'm at a different end. Your life was saved. You know? And my life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and well, I know we'll get to it at the end, but I, at, at, in this, at this point in my life, I have much more gratitude for it now than I ever have, you know, like it's more of a proud symbol I have, but Mm -hmm. it's taken a lot of therapy and a lot of like time in the shower, just looking at it, you know, cause it's like, like you said, it's like this, this weird thing where you're like, what are, what are you, what is this? You know, like, and you just kind of, you just kind of don't look at it. Right. You're like, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see that. And then it's, it looks at you in the shower and you're like, Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that happened, you know, and then yeah. you're kind of forced to look at it a little bit and be like, what, what happened that day? Like, what is this? <laughs> what is this part yeah. of me that is now a part of me forever, you know? And yeah. so I don't know. How about you? Well, I don't, I mean, it's so interesting because you said, when you said you look, you spend time looking in the shower, I'm like, oh, I'm not, I don't think I've looked at it. <laughs> Mostly because I was like, I don't think when I look directly down, I can see it unless I lift up. But also, but also, I still avoid it. I had to spend. I spent so long having to be like very gentle around it that I still forget. Like, oh, it's healed. Like, I can't hurt it. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you have that it's, experience. Oh, totally. It still feels like this, like dangerous thing almost. Yes. Like it's this like, oh, don't touch too hard, or you know, I still get nervous to shave around it. I'm like, oh, yeah. is it just gonna open up one day, or right. you know, like it just it doesn't. And you, when you don't really have feeling there, that's weird too. So strange. Like you don't feel, it's like, ah, there's like, it's a part of me I can't feel. Like this is so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I totally feel that. Yeah. I, I think it's strange to be like, mm, I don't know. I, like you say, it's like this unnerving. So it's been interesting to talk about it because I've been, 
on this journey to try and like restore my pelvic floor health, thanks to um, Jill Erdman from <laughs> Apex yes. Physical Therapy and like all of the great things of uh, the the episodes that we had, it really prompted me to look into it and um, ask questions, ask my doctor questions, and that's been great. One of the things I, I've started this program. Um, you know, and there's so many great ones out there that are all about pelvic floor exercises, but they talk about lymphatic massage and like, you know, we've talked about it too, right? Like belly massage, um, Randy Kay, who we've on the podcast, she's, um, does body work and that's something that she does. And, um, it's been interesting because I, you know, I watch these demonstration videos and this documentation about the exercises and stuff. And you literally have to go in because it's about kind of like breaking down the layers of scar tissue there a little bit and like working out and stimulating some of the areas where they may be lymphatic fluid and stuff. I don't know. I'm just saying these words that she said, but like I literally, you literally pinch where mm. the scar is and try to lift it up. And oh. I tried doing it and I'm not even kidding. Actually, I, I almost threw up. I even watching the video made me feel really sick. Like I just felt it's like, um, it's like if you had like an open wound and someone was doing that, that's what it was like. My arm, no problem. But like something about it, it's the same skin that's on my stomach. Right. But like for some reason around that, I couldn't do it. I'll send you the video later. You can look in and be like, or maybe I won't send you the video, but, (laughs) but the idea, I think part of it too, is that we, um, and we've talked about this, the physical therapist, we've talked about it too, is like we, you go through this massive surgery and then like society, um, clothing companies, you know, with their spanks, everybody kind of is like, well, that part of your body is done now. The bikini part mm-hmm. of your life is done. So you actually are only going to be um, a person from the navel up. And so mm-hmm. like that yeah. part of it is like, we're going to look away from it. Whereas opposed like if you have knee surgery or something, we're going to work on the knee. We're going to do physical therapy. We're going to do the X, Y, and Z, right? You're going to wear a, a a binder for support and we're going to do this. And none of that happens because it's all about the baby. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you felt this, but there was part of me that was like, obviously I would have loved to have Silas full term and right. been able to bring him home right away. Right. Right. But being that he was born so early and he was in the NICU, I felt like in some ways I was gifted the ability to heal without having to 24-7 take care of my child. Sure. You know? Yeah. No. Like I remember I remember thinking to myself, how in the heck would I have been able to like right. take care of Silas with the surgery? And so I just have major kudos <laughs> and props. Yeah. To the mamas in our group who mm-hmm. have had C-sections and then the next day had to carry your eight to 10 pound baby and like function and yeah. be, you know, a yeah. mother. And, you know, so in some ways I felt like our NICU journey gifted my body time to recover. Um, of course, I would have loved for it to be another way. Yeah. Right. But that was part of my gratitude was like, wow, yeah. I, I, I have the opportunity to to heal physically so that I'm ready when he comes home versus being like fresh out of surgery. And then the next day yeah. trying to breastfeed and hold him above my, you know, like all that stuff. I mean, yeah. I don't know. This is so true. Yeah. I mean, and it's a hard truth, right? It's not like what we're, you know, we're not all like, woohoo, this is how, yeah. but like you're saying, it's the, it has to be in the way it should be so that you can both get to the place where you need to be. Right. Like right. you and Silas both need to be, 
it's like you both kind of were healing at the same time, right? So that you could come back together officially. Right. Yeah. But it is it is a battle. It was just another thing to think about and comprehend when you're trying to like, okay, I got to pump. I got to get my scar, yeah. scar healed. I got to do this. I got to jump in. I got to support yeah. my, you know, my baby. I got to be there for rounds. I got to do this. And I distinctly remember like yeah. missing rounds because I couldn't move my legs fast enough, you know, because right. you're all hunched yeah. over. Um, right. It's just, I, I guess all that to say is just like we go through so many like insurmountable things. Like I don't even remember how I did it. Yeah. I know. It's so true. And then when, you know, I think we've come a long way, thankfully. Um, but oftentimes C-sections were seen as the easy way out, right? Oh, yeah. Or, you know, you didn't have to push or, you know, they did it for you. Um, it's like, absolutely not. I had somebody in my life who I love dearly and she didn't mean anything by it, but you know, she was like talking about, she's had a couple of babies vaginally and she was talking about how her vagina hole is so big now, you know? And she oh, said, God. lucky you, lucky you, Ashley. Like, you, you oh. know, yours didn't have to stretch. What's and her name, she, Ashley? She, I'll find her. She, she caught herself right away and she's like, whoa, I did not mean that. She's like, I'm so sorry. But you know, it's true. I think like sometimes people think, oh, like you don't, you have like the rest of your body functions normally, like that didn't change during birth. But you know, that's one thing that I learned from that C or from the um, pelvic floor therapy is like, just because you didn't push out a baby vaginally, your body still underwent crazy amounts of stress and trauma and surgery. And like, you know, there's, you still can have some of that pelvic floor stuff issues that I just didn't think you would need if you didn't push out a 10 pound baby, you know? Right. And so I think we've thankfully come a long way. And yet I think we have a ways to go of like C-sections are births, you know, like they're, they are, even if you didn't, I think I I'm with you, Martha. I think one thing that I grieve the most is that I, I didn't hear his first cry. Yeah. You know, I was, I was, we were completely out. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it feels as though birth was done to me Yeah. versus me being the one who gave birth. Yeah. And I'm still working through that and still processing through that. But I just want to affirm the moms that like you still gave birth, Mm -hmm. you know, even if it looked nothing like you thought it would, even if you were under or if you, you know, were awake, whatever, if, you know, a C-section birth is a worthy birth. Yeah, it is. And let's normalize putting that in movies. Like I know, like (laughs) I know the hairnet isn't cute. (laughs) So like when... You know, Reese Witherspoon is in like her birthing scene and whatever. Like she doesn't, you know, it's cuter for her to like have like a full face of makeup and like a barrel curl. Oh lord, oh lord. Were you surprised at how low your scar was? Yeah. For some reason, I thought that mine would be closer to like my belly button. I was very naive about like where babies come. Oh yeah. Um, but I remember like being, oh wow, that's like pretty low. Like this is way lower than I thought. Absolutely. I thought it was, it's like literally right. I'm trying to feel what it is. Ugh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say, ooh. like we're taught, we're about talking about C-section empowerment. And I just touched mine and I said, ew, that's not what I meant. I'm in, I'm, well, I meant you, but I, yeah, it's like right above your pelvic bone. And it's so interesting. I also think what's, what's different too, is like this, the, about C-section and it happens after all births too. you know, your, your stomach stretches and your abdomen, your abdominal, abdominal, <laughs> That's what your abdominal muscles change. But with C-section, it really changes like the shape of it. Yeah. <laughs> and so one of the things for healing for me is like, 
I don't feel I, I can't. I have a hard time looking in the mirror and being like, my body is attractive because there's this weird thing and it doesn't. I it's like an interruption of like the beautiful line of my body. Do you know what I mean? It's just very mm-hmm. strange. So that's something I'm working on right now too. Yeah. Um, Well, maybe that's a good place where we can ask each other, you know, kind of as we get to the end of the episode here is, you know, how are you healing today and how are you, you know, coming to terms and honor your birth story and your scar? Um, And where are you at with that today? Well, like I said, I've been really exploring like this whole idea about like um, pelvic floor health and um, which I'm so proud of you yeah, for, by the way. And doing and doing physical therapy and stuff, um, making some changes in my in my life and like to my medications and stuff like that to make sure that I'm doing the best that I can for all the avenues of my life, for you know my physical health and for my relationship with my husband and all these things. It's like very mm-hmm. important, and I'm just feeling now, you know, several years out that I have the capacity to do that, and I think. Mm-hmm. Even if you're at a point in healing where you're like, I'm not ready to have that conversation yet, um, that's totally okay. Like, just mm-hmm. bookmark this episode and come back to it whenever you are. Like, and like I said, like I tried that massage, right? And I was like, whoa, this is a lot. So I'm gonna stop because I'm sensing that mm-hmm. this is a lot, and I'll try again some other time. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that's where I'm at with it too. And I, I agree. It's, it's a, it's a badge of honor because it got my kids here. And also mm. there's a part of it that just becomes like your life and your story too, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it is my story. And even when you asked me at the beginning, you're, it becomes more and more like a movie, right? These fragments of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and going back to the words of Anise Barmet for our pretty previous, um, podcast we had a couple weeks ago, you know, I'm, I'm choosing now I get to rewrite parts of those narratives. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just happens with time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how about you? I know, um, I know we've already talked about it a little bit about how you look in the mirror and how it's that badge of honor for you. But I also, Mm. I've always, and I always have envied your wisdom on this topic about loving Mm. your body. Mm. You not think so? No, I, I was like, I do, you're wise. <laughs> oh, well, you're so sweet. I, I think I still have a ways to go, but I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and before I start, though, I do want to say, too, you know, when we talked with Jill, the physical therapist, mm-hmm. and we'll link that episode in the show notes, you know, she was reminding us, too, of the trauma that our body holds and yeah. stores. Yeah. And I think, you know, I want to commend you for listening to your body, too, and listening to your body be like, well, this is opening a door that we haven't opened, you yeah, know, yeah. like, you know, it's our body's way of protecting us too. And so I'm, I'm proud of you for honoring where your body was at and recognizing like, okay, we'll come back to this. Yeah. I think that's really wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm two years out now from my birth and, you know, sometimes I look at it and I still am like, Hmm, what, what is this? Yeah. You know, yeah. what is this thing? Um, but I do, you know, I recently had an appointment with an OB to kind of, um, to kind of walk me through my story from a medical perspective, because again, when you're out, you're just, you don't remember much. And so I met with somebody to kind of go through my charts and kind of walk me through from a medical provider's perspective, what happened. And after that appointment, I really felt, 
there was definite grief of like, wow, that was really serious and like life threatening. And, you know, I'm really, you know, but ultimately I felt so much gratitude for the fact that if it would have been minutes later, right. You know, I would have had a very different outcome for both me Mm -hmm. and Silas. Mm -hmm. And so I think that appointment was just the affirmation I needed of like, this scar is a symbol of like two lives saved. Yeah. And so I definitely have more appreciation for it now than ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And in some ways I'm grateful that I'll forever have that because when I, when you deliver so early, you know, I didn't develop a lot of stretch marks. Um, I didn't develop, I have my saggy nursing boobs, which I love (laughs) and like wear very proudly. I love my saggy nursing boobs. Um, But I didn't have a lot of those maybe traditional marks of pregnancy. And so in some ways, the scar is like that permanent mark to remind me that I carried life, you know? And so there is also a part of me that is grateful for that and really proud to have that because I maybe didn't have those traditional marks of pregnancy. So Yeah, that's so beautiful to think about. Um, I that's so ripe too, because I think how many of us have had this happen where like, oh gosh, maybe you maybe you deliver early or you deliver under circumstances and you like lose weight quickly because you're not nursing, right? Because you don't have a baby to nurse right. or all the or, or, or so many different things, right? Yeah. And then somebody comments about your appearance post postpartum. Yeah. Like yeah. literally someone said to me after I had JP, he said, oh my gosh, you're like back to your pre-baby weight. And he said, it's like it never even happened. Ugh. I will never forget those words. But mm. you know what I have is this scar and that yeah. is my foundational truth that it did happen. Yeah. So I think, I think that's important for us to remember too. It's I mean, it's okay if it's a love-hate relationship. Like, honestly, yes. that's yeah. how does my husband anyway. So I'm like, just like, <laughs> it's just like an extension of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, um, Martha, thank you so much for sharing just so many vulnerable details of your story. And to the mamas listening that have had C-sections and are still coming to terms with their stories, just know that – we say it often, but healing is lifelong and duality can exist. And so if you're still coming to terms with your story, if you're still grieving parts of your story, if you're st- if you still look at your scar and you're kind of like, what is that thing? It's okay. It's okay. You, there is grace and there is love for the season that you're in. And we're just proud of you for enduring a very major surgery and on top of it, becoming the remarkable mom that you are. Mm -hmm. And so our hope is that you would see your scar as a symbol of the life that you've carried and um, really be proud of the scar and what it represents. Mm -hmm. As always, thank you for being in this space with us. It's just a true, true, true honor to be able to connect with so many of you. And we hope that this episode makes all C-section mamas feel honored and celebrated. And so we love you guys. We can't wait to chat next time and we'll catch you next week.
If you love this podcast and would like to hear more amazing stories, please consider becoming a member of the Dear NICU Mama Patreon page. In addition to special merchandise and early access to content, Patreon members support the mission, programs, and services of Dear NICU Mama. You can find the link on the description of this episode. As always, if you'd like to hear more from Dear NICU Mama, click subscribe. Welcome to the sisterhood.